Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. passage here um, and um, we've been we've been praying through the Lord's prayer and um, I love this passage because what we see is that our private devotion is connected to our public promotion and what God does with us publicly through us publicly is connected to our prayer and our devotion privately and the disciples figured that out And they asked the Lord if he would teach them to pray. Teach them to pray. And we've seen that in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, where the disciples just said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? That was their request. Lord, they could have asked him anything. uh, But they realized that there was a power in just knowing how to pray. And so they just said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? I want to go to Matthew chapter 6 and read this one more time. And um, I'm going to start in verse 9 for the sake of time and that we've read this passage a lot over the last few weeks. Um, But if you know it, read it with me. Or if you can see it on the screen, read it with me. Uh, The Lord said, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. 
So um, I want to continue with that little line there at the end of 13. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. So I want to, we've been praying through the Lord's Prayer. I want to title this one, Praise Through. So tell somebody next to you, Praise Through, Praise Through, Praise Through. We talk about breakthrough, praying through. Tell somebody we're going to praise through as well. And you can be seated once you've done that. Glad to see you today. Glad to see you. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I've meant for this, uh, this series to really get us um, acquainted with the Lord's Prayer and, and, really to, um, uh, and really to get us to a place where we understand what the Lord was teaching us. Um, I think that it's pretty obvious to most of us and we see it. Um, but that it wasn't, Jesus didn't want us to just repeat it. He actually says that. Don't let this be a vain repetition like the heathen uh, that that don't know God. Don't let it just be a vain repetition. But the implication was draw the meaning out of this. Understand uh, the facets of the prayer. Understand uh, the example here and draw that teaching out of it. And so... um, it's really been a prayer journey, and, and I, it, I've drawn a lot out of it. I've gotten out a lot out of it personally. I believe it's, it's strengthened my prayers and, and the journey of my prayer. Um, we, you know, we come through all of it. Our Father, that's who He is. That's how we approach Him. Hallowed be Your name. Holy is Your name. We praise His name. Uh, we prayed for His will to be done, and in some cases for my will to be undone. We're asking for His kingdom. Uh, to come, heaven to invade earth, let your will be done. Uh, We pray for our daily bread, our provisions, the things that we need. And we've asked God to forgive us. We got our heart to that place where we're ready to deal with the sin in our life and not only our forgiveness, but to forgive others, which is uh, a difficult thing to do. But now that we're debt-free, He's leading us, we're following Him. And then ultimately here... We finish where we started. We're going to finish the prayer where we started the prayer. So before we say amen, we're going to close with praise and worship. Just like we began with praise and worship. When you start out that prayer, you're saying, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's acknowledging a close relationship, a loving relationship. He is our Father. Not only is He our Father, He's in heaven. So you're acknowledging His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. He's on the throne in heaven. Uh, uh, The earth is His footstool. It's saying, holy is the name. Uh, His name is above every name. We praise the name. That is how we start in prayer. And we finish in prayer the same way. So we don't start out with this laundry list of, Lord, give me my daily bread. I need a promotion. I need a raise. I need a new car. I need this. I need that. I need this. That's not how we start our prayer. We don't start with, Father, forgive me. I've sinned. Okay, thank you. I'm out. That's not how, that's not how we pray. But we start with praise. We start with worship. We get into the presence of the Lord. It says He inhabits the praises of His people. So when we pray, we come to Him and say, Lord, I've just come to praise You. I've just come to love You and thank You. You are high and lifted up. 
Your throne is in heaven. I've come to praise you. Your name is above every name. At the mention of His name, devils tremble. His name is high and lifted up. Someday every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that you are Lord of all. So I praise the name. And that's where I start in prayer. And that's what we're going to see today. That's where we end in prayer as well. So Jesus is modeling that prayer. And we end the same way we began. We started with praise. We end with praise. We started with worship. We end with worship. We ought to close every one of our prayers out with a thank you. With a, I, 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 I'm praising you for the opportunity to pray. I, I believe it. I'm, I'm not just praying a sheepish prayer, but I'm praying with an exclamation point. And I'm closing that prayer saying, Lord, I recognize that I am praying to somebody who has the ability and the power to bring this to pass. It's your kingdom. It's ultimately, it's your glory. It's all in your power. And so I am ending with everything I just prayed saying, I know that you are able and I know that you heard me and I believe it to be done. And so praise and worship is the alpha and the omega of our prayers. Praise and worship is the A and the Z to our prayers. It is the bookend to the library of my prayers. I praise in, I praise out, and I praise all the way through. That's the blueprint that Jesus is giving us. That's why we start our, our worship services our, out with praise and worship. It's not just a ritual. It's not just a, well, that's what we're supposed to do. we got to sing four songs, and okay, we sang four songs. Now we can do the offering, and now that's not what it's about. It's not a, it's not a routine. It's not supposed to just be a, a, a sing-along or a karaoke time. It's, 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 it's not supposed to just kill time till everybody gets here. But what it's doing is it's, it's waking us up. It's waking our heart up. It's, we're starting with praise and worship because it opens my heart. It, it lifts my eyes. How many know there's some things that melt away in prayer? Maybe some, some bad attitudes or some stresses or some burdens. They begin to fall away as I begin to say, you know what? He is my way maker. He is, he's, a, he's a bridge over trouble. And, and, and that, that all of a sudden begins to change something in me. And I'm preparing my heart. I'm preparing my mind. I'm inviting His presence into my life, into this house. And we're passionately and genuinely beginning to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And so we start with praise. We end with praise. We started with praising His name. We end with praising His name. Giving thanks. Praising Him. Giving Him Worship, not only in our prayer, but also in our church services. We start out with praise. A lot of times we end with praise. We're praising in, praising out, and we're praising through. And so praise prepares us. Praise prepares us to go somewhere. I can't go where God wants me to go in this service if I sit on my hands and I refuse to open my mouth and I don't praise Him because praise prepares me to go where He wants to take me. Praise prepares me to receive the Word. Praise prepares the soil of my heart to be open and receive and let the Word, uh, uh, that seed, get down into the soil and take root. Praise prepares me. Praise focuses me. 
It takes my eyes off of my week and my problems and my situations and my struggle and puts my eyes on the answer to all of that. Praise positions me. Praise reminds me that He's God and I don't have to try to be it. Sometimes in worship we can say, Whew, I'm glad He's God and I'm glad I'm not. And he's got it all in his hands. He's got it. I'm glad. I'm relieved. I'm okay now. It positions me to know that he's God and to know that I'm just a child. It positions me to realize that all of a sudden through prayer and praise, I'm now in the throne room of the almighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And praise reminds me that I have an opportunity now to talk to the one that is able to do above and beyond, exceedingly above and beyond even that which I could ask or think. And so praise reminds me what he's capable of. It gives me the opportunity in prayer to go boldly before the throne of grace. Praise positions me for that. I'll tell you, praise is my greatest weapon against the enemy. Psalm 149 verse 6 says, May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict the vengeance on the nations and punish the people, to bind the kings with their fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all His faithful people. Did you catch that? The, the, what my enemy was trying to do to me is carried out on them. They were trying to shackle me, but it said their shackles went on them. You got to catch that. The chains fall off me. That's worth singing about. That's worth shouting about. That's worth getting excited about. But not only do the chains fall off me, now they're binding up the enemy. That's worth taking a praise break right there. Not only do the chains fall off. And so when you praise God, the chains fall off of you and now you're free. But now the enemy is bound up against what was coming against you. So praise and worship, it set me free. I remember it said about midnight in Acts 16. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Verse 25, they were singing, praising, praying rather, and singing hymns to God. They were praying and they were singing. So that means they weren't just, uh, they weren't just, just kind of going through the motions. They weren't... Uh, they weren't complaining about their situation. They weren't grumbling. They weren't frustrated. They weren't mad. They weren't angry. They weren't fearful. They weren't giving up. They weren't throwing in the towel because they realized in the midnight hour, God could break through, open up the doors and break the chains and set them free. It said the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake. The foundations of the prisons were shaken. And at once all of the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. Praise will set you free from what binds you up. Praise and worship will give you a song. Somebody said, I thought that's what praise and worship was. Let me read it to you. Psalm 32, 7 says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and you'll surround me with songs of deliverance. So now you got to understand, we can praise God in a lot of different ways. I can praise Him by serving Him. 
I can praise Him by living a faithful life toward Him. I can, I can praise Him with obedience. I can praise Him and worship Him in, in giving. I can, I can worship Him with a clap. I can worship Him with a wave offering. I can worship Him with a hand raised. I can worship Him with just making a joyful noise. I can worship Him with a shout, a dance, a run, a jump, and I can also worship Him with a song. And what this is telling me is that God will give you the right song at the right time. God will give you a song for the season that you're in. God gave them a song even in prison. God gave them a song even in the midnight hour. And David said, God has surrounded me with songs of deliverance. Let me tell you, God can give you a song in 2020. God can give you a song in a valley. God can give you a song in the wilderness. Don't sing the world song, but sing the songs of Zion. God can give you a song. Don't sing any other song than the song that God gave to you. But God will give you a song. I wish somebody would believe it in the house. God can give you a song of deliverance and of praise even in the midnight hour. Praise and worship will direct your life. James chapter 3 and 4. Now this is a word right here. James is talking about our tongue, our words. He says, take ships as an example. Although they are so large, they are driven by strong winds, yet they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Now, if you read that passage, it talks about how our tongue has the ability to direct our lives. But leave that verse open up there because I want you to see, notice, it's driven by winds, but steered by a rudder. Now, that is a word for our day today. We are being driven by winds, but I can steer that wind with the rudder. I'm driven by winds, but it's steered by a rudder. I can't control the wind, but I do control. It says wherever the pilot wants to go, I can control that rudder. So winds might be coming at me, but with my mouth, I can direct the, the direction that the wind is sending my life. That's, that's why David said, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Do you think David had bad times or do you think he had good times all the time? Of course not. Uh, just read his story. He had some really tough times. But he said, you know what? I'm going to praise the Lord at all times and His praises shall continually, always continue in my mouth. So it might be hard times, but I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And David allowed his praise to direct his life. David said, this is the day the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Now David had some hard days. But he recognized every day is a day that God gave me. Every day is a God-made day. On the good day, God made it. On the bad day, God made it. Monday, God made it. Friday, God made it. Sunday, 
God made it. This day, God made it. Yesterday, God made it. Tomorrow, God made it. And since this is the day the Lord has made, I might as well go ahead and rejoice and be glad in it. Because praise is going to direct my life. So instead of the wind hurting you, instead of the wind destroying you, instead of the wind breaking you or stopping you, it can move you into where God wants you to go anyways. That's why Joseph was able to say, what the enemy meant for evil, I know God meant for good. So the enemy might have thought that wind was going to run my ship into the ground. It was going to take my ship down. But what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. Because when the wind came against my sail, my praise began to direct my life. And I said, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to bless the Lord at all. At all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. The wind was trying to take me down, but praise took me farther than I was ever going to go. And so it's my choice to rejoice at all times. I praise first, and I praise last, and I praise through. See, if you praise first and you praise last, praising through is easy. But determine to start with praise and end with praise, and you'll praise all the way through. This is what the Lord, I believe, was telling them in Judges 20:18. They were saying, which of us should go up, which tribe should go up to battle first against the children of Benjamin? The Lord said, Judah first. Now, I love that right there. I've always loved that passage. It's probably underlined in every single one of my Bibles. Circled, highlighted. I love that. What you got to understand is that they were going up in, it was, it was a very confusing time. There was infighting. It was actually civil war among God's people. They were infighting. Brothers were fighting against brothers. It was a sad, it was a difficult time. Ben, the tribe of Benjamin was a violent, they were a fighting group of guys. And they were, and I don't know about the ladies, but the guys, they were, they were just contentious. They had tempers, anger. I don't know what it was. But they were always fighting. It was good when they were on the same side, but when the other 11 were after them, it was a, it was a battle. And so it was a difficult time, and, and the Lord tells them Judah first, and it wasn't an immediate victory. It actually tells us they suffered losses for a few days. But verse 35 tells us that then the Lord intervened, and He defeated the tribe of Benjamin Himself that was coming against the rest of God's people. But notice that initial command of the Lord. They were obedient to the process, and verse 18 said, Send Judah first. Now that's only significant if you know what Judah means or you know what that tribe was known for. Judah means praise. Judah was a worshiping tribe. They were a praising tribe, a worshiping tribe, a high faith tribe. And God said on this first day of the battle, I want you to send out Judah first. I want you to send up Judah first. I remember uh, when, I was, when I was doing this, I was remembering that song from the 90s, that gospel song, Send Up Judah. Now, I don't know if... I thought, I thought more people would know that song. If you're online, you can Google that. You'll know the song. Send Up Judah. That's where this came from. I'm going to send up Judah. I'm going to send out Judah. There's a new song that we sing that I like. It says, This is how I fight my battles. This is how. Praise and worship. This is how I fight my battle. It might seem like I'm surrounded, 
but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. I fight my battles with praise. I fight my battles with worship. This is how I fight my battles, Judah first. So before you fight Judah first, before you try to fight it, Judah first, before you try to throw a punch, Judah first, before you open your mouth, Judah first. <laughs> Before you push send, Judah first. Before you respond to the email, Judah first. Before you post, Judah first. Before you fear, Judah first. Before you throw in the towel, Judah first. Before you quit, Judah first. Before you give up, Judah first. Before you backslide, Judah first. Send up Judah. Send a praise out. Sing a song of Zion. Turn up the radio. Turn up the stereo. Say it's your kingdom. It's your power. It's your glory. Let Judah fight for you. Oh, come on, somebody. Send up Judah. I'm going to praise my way through it. I'm going to praise my way out of it. The Bible says that they didn't get the immediate victory, but that next chapter they did get the victory. And the first thing they did after it was all over was they built an altar right there and sent up the offering and the praises and the worship because they praised their way in and they praised their way out. I want to give you two quick things today because it was a long setup. So it's not three today, it's only two. Somebody say amen to that. See, now that ought to have been the biggest amen of the whole day. Amen. So when we pray this, this is what we're really praying. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Forever. Amen. Here's the first thing that it does is praise and worship surrenders. We're saying it's yours. It's His. Worship is surrendering. It's laying it down. It's saying, it, it's not my battle. It's your battle. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty in battle. His name is a strong tower. I don't have to fight the battle. It's his. I'm going to just praise my way through because it's your battle. It's your glory. It's your power. It's not by my might. It's by your strength. It's not mine. It's not even my problem. It's his problem. So I don't have to say it's mine, it's yours. It, it's yours, Lord. I'm laying it down. It's not mine, it's all His. He's the King. It's His kingdom. It's His power. It's His glory. It's yours. It's not mine. Worship is surrendering. It's yours. So I take my eyes off of, of, of the problem, put it on the solution. Take my eyes off of my circumstance, my situation, my wants, my desires, my plan, my stuff. And I put my eyes on Him. And this is big for our prayer life. This is big in this prayer journey. Because it's like John the Baptist said, I'm decreasing so He can increase. I'm getting out of the way so He can run free. I'm getting out of the way so he can take the lead and I'll just follow. I'm going to decrease and he can increase. It's his glory. It's yours. It's, it's his show. It's his power. It's not about my reputation. It's about his reputation. It's not about me. It's about him. And it's freeing. There's a power there. 
It's not, it's not in my power. It's in His power. It's not even my problem. It's His problem now. It's not my to-do list. It's His to-do list. It's not my task. It's His task. It's not my way. It's His way. It's not my thoughts. It's His thoughts. It's all Yours, Lord. And worship gets us there. It's not even my life now. My life is His. I'm no longer a slave to sin, but Paul said, now I'm a slave to Christ. In fact, he said, I've been crucified with Christ so that it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Galatians 2 and 20, I have been crucified with Christ. I have died out. It's no longer my life. It's no longer my wants. It's not even, it's not even my life, but it's His life. It's Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So this is what we're praying. Lord, I surrender. It's yours. It's your power. It's your glory. It's your kingdom. And I'm just along for the ride and I'm okay with that. There's a freedom in saying, it is yours. It's yours. You know, I've been enjoying having my kids in in service with me. I, I miss that they're in kids' church, but they're, they've been in service with me. So um, I told them one time, I said, they said, do you, do, you, do you talk about us in every service? You know, once they started sitting there, I said, yeah, maybe I do. I don't know, but yeah, probably so. But uh, I'll need some amens from my little guys today because they're going to remember this story. So this, this week, uh, this week they, they, they've been on a Chips Ahoy kick, and, and I was okay with that. So I'm eating Chips Ahoy too. And... Uh, Nobody needs to say amen to that. I know it's true anyway. So I, and, and I was eating the Chips Ahoy and, and one night and then in the morning, uh, my youngest son here, he came to me, he said, he said, Dad, you ate a whole row of the Chips Ahoy cookies. And I was like, so? That's, that's par. That, that, that wasn't above or beyond. That was just, that was, that was the over under was one row. I mean, come on. There you go, right. And he said, Dad, those are my cookies. I thought, what? I was like, I was like, you, wait, hold on. These are your cookies? Who bought these cookies? You see this house? Who... You know that room <laughs> that you have? You know the, the, the lights that come on? These are my cookies. This is my house. That's my pantry. <laughs> Let's get down to it. But then he said, well, I wanted some. And I'm like, okay, let's go to Publix. We bought like four or five packs of cookies. <laughs> Because when you're immature, everything is mine. But when you're mature, you can give it away and say, it's yours. Maturity gives it away. It's immaturity that says, no, 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 it's mine, 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 mine. You will never see a child come up to you with their cookie or their favorite toy and say, yours, yours, yours. They're running up to you with the cookie and the toy and saying, mine, mine, mine. 
And there's a lot of children of God trying to serve God, saying, mine, mine, mine. But this prayer teaches us, Lord, it's yours, yours, yours. Only the mature can give it away and say, it's your kingdom, it's your power, and it's your glory. It's not my time, it's not my treasure, it's not my talent. No, 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 no. It is all yours, it's yours, your power, your glory, your kingdom. It's not mine. It's always been his. It's always going to be His. It said forever. Amen. It's all yours. And I'm just happy to be along for the ride. First Chronicles 29, 14, David is taking an offering for the temple that Solomon would ultimately build. And he says, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what came from ultimately from your hand. David is offering, uh, taking the offering for the temple. And he's, this is the prayer. I, 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 I love that, uh, you know, back when we had normal services, we get back to normal services, you know, have a live offering. This is a great uh, call to the offering right here. I'm just, I'm just grateful that I have something in my hand that I can contribute to the kingdom of God and to the temple. Everything comes from you, David said. And I'm just returning a portion of what you put in my hand to begin with because it's yours. It's not mine, it's yours. And he says, who am I that I could give back to you? How, how amazing, how, how blessed do I feel that I can, can support the kingdom and build the temple. See, in worship, I'm returning everything that he blessed me with saying, you gave me another week, you gave me another day, and I'm going to rejoice in it. And, and, and when we do that, we're recognizing that He is our source. It's all His. It's all yours. And I think sometimes that scares people, but it shouldn't, because I don't want to be the source. My sources can dry up. My relationships could dry up. But He's a source that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It said the earth is His and the fullness thereof. If I'm tapped into that source, it's all His. It's all yours. And so when I tithe, I'm just letting God know and I'm letting myself know. I'm returning one slice of the pie. But Lord, I thank you that I got the other nine pieces to eat and I'm stewarding it for you. And I'm just letting you know that I know when I return this one slice to let you know that I really know it's all yours and we're grateful for it all. And when we come to the house of God on Sunday morning and I give the Lord my Sunday or my, the first day of the week, really the first morning of the first day of the week in the New Testament, they would gather together on the first day of the week for prayer and worship and the word. And when I give the Lord the first part of my week, I'm letting God know I thank you that this whole week you've given me. I know it's all yours, but I'm returning this this morning. It's an outward display, an outward offering, letting you know that I know it's all yours, but I'm just, I'm offering a little slice back to you to say thank you Jesus for another day. Thank you Jesus for another week. Thank you Jesus for another breath. I thank you Jesus and I give it to you because I know it's all yours. Music come, I got to close. What time is it? All right. Told you we had time. I was trying to watch it though too. 
music come. Last thing today. Praise and worship, this, this second and last point. Praise and worship is, is an expression of our faith. I wrote it that way so it all fit on the screen, but praise and worship is an expression of our faith. It's an overflow of, of me knowing that God is in control. When I, when I close my prayer with praise, it's an overflow saying, Lord, I know that I have entered into the throne room and I know that you heard my prayer and I know that nothing is too hard for you and I know that you're a good, good father and I know that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above even what I just prayed, even what I could imagine, even what I could think. And so praise, when we praise and worship on the way out, it's a boiling over of that faith that's inside of our heart. Somebody said, and I loved it, I found it this week, worship allows us to sing about the morning when it's still midnight. Worship allows me to sing about the daybreak when I'm still in the dark. Worship lets me sing about freedom when the chains haven't fallen off yet. Worship lets me sing about the promised land when the Red Sea hasn't parted yet. Worship allows, is an expression of my faith. He said when they got on the other side of the Red Sea, you have Miriam's song, and there was just an explosion of worship because they were so, their faith was so high that not only did God get us out of Egypt and all the plagues and spared us from them, but he parted the Red Sea. And then Moses said we weren't going to see the Egyptians anymore. And the sea closed back in on them. And now we're on the other side. And there was an explosion of praise. And, and history tells us that, that not only was Miriam singing, and not only were they dancing and shouting and, and jumping and leaping for joy, that it was at that point they began to clap because I just feel like somebody was like, I got all this loose energy in me. And they, the, uh, Josephus said that was the first time that they began to clap in worship because you know they were blowing the trumpet, whatever they were doing, playing the, the stringed instruments. Somebody was shouting, somebody was dancing, but there was still so much like pent-up energy. They were just like, somebody just like, wow, okay, that... That felt good. And it, it, was an, it was an overflow. It was, it was faith being expressed in praise and worship. And I told you we praise our way in, we praise our way out. I thought about how Psalm 150, the last psalm, David's like, I'm going to praise my way out of this thing. And it's only going to be six verses, but it's going to capture praise and worship. It's the last psalm, and I got to read it today. Psalm 150 and verse 1. Praise the Lord. Now that's a command. Praise the Lord. It's, a, it's praise the Lord, period. And then it says praise God in His sanctuary. I praise God in His sanctuary. I, I hear people say, I praise God in my heart. Well, God said praise Him in the house. Praise Him in His sanctuary. He said praise Him in His mighty heavens, where He's at. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him for the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with the strings and the pipe. We've got a lot of things going on here. Praise Him with the clash of the cymbals. Praise Him with the resounding cymbals. 
So it's loud, it's passionate, it's exciting, it's an all-in kind of a thing. And in verse 6, he says, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. So I love that because that doesn't exclude anybody. If we're breathing, we're supposed to praise the Lord. And Jesus said, if y'all who breathe don't praise me, I'm going to make the rocks cry out. They don't breathe, but they're going to cry out anyway. So it said, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. And then in verse 6, it says it one more time in case we didn't get it from the first six verses. Praise the Lord. And I think people sometimes push back on that and they say, well, praise for me. It's just a lifestyle. It's just, you know, it's just in my heart. And the problem with that is that God defines praise himself. And that word praise in the Hebrew is halal. It means to shine, to make a show, to be clamorously foolish, to be mad, to break, not mad like angry, but crazy, to rave, to celebrate. Have you ever met somebody before church and they seem real cool, calm, and collected? But then they strike up the band and all of a sudden they are juking, jiving, elbowing you as they raise their hands, bumping into you. They're just moving the pews back and forth. They're like, this person was really cool and collected before church. This person gets crazy during worship. I love those kind of people, by the way. I love those kind of people. Somebody might say, I would never do that. I'm cool, I'm calm, I'm collected. You never see me do that. Just wait till God gets a hold of you. Just wait till you have a need in your life and you say, Lord, don't pass me by. I'm going to cry all the louder. And the thing is, is all of us worship something. I've seen guys who are cool and collected until their team throws a touchdown and they're not cool and collected anymore. I've seen guys be cool and collected until they hit the jump shot. And now they're strutting back down the court. They're not cool and collected anymore. I've seen ladies. I won't leave the ladies out. I've seen ladies the day after Thanksgiving. They are cool, collected, and calm. But don't get in their way for those shoes or that bag that is 50% off on the day after Thanksgiving. They will go crazy. I don't know what it is for you, but act like you just sank that putt. Act like you just hit the shot. I don't know what your thing is. Act like you, act like somebody just brought the chips and salsa to the table and you're gonna dive right in. Act like somebody brought the bread and you're gonna dive right in. Somebody ought to just act like they won the lottery and give God a great praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm gonna praise my way my way through, praising my way out. It doesn't sound to me like folks just had their hand in their pocket. Thank you, Jesus. It doesn't sound like people with just a, 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 a head nod for Jesus. It doesn't sound like just a, a kind of, wow, you know, yeah, okay. I mean, it's, ta- it's not talking about people eating a donut and just kind of like, yeah, you know, God's good or whatever. I mean, when I read that, it says people are praising him on pipes, trumpets, harps. I mean, I'm just, it's like, it's, it seems like it's going crazy. Somebody's crashing cymbals. Somebody's beating a drum. Somebody's playing a harp. Somebody's got 
church, a crazy church, an uninhibited church, a, a church that's not bothered, undignified. David said, I get a whole lot more undignified than this. They are wild, they are crazy, they are noisy, they are loud, they know how to praise God, they want the presence of God, they want the anointing of God, they want the power of God, so get out of my way, I've come to praise the Lord. Oh, somebody just say right now, I'm going to praise my way through. I'm going to praise my way through. I'm going to praise my way through. And that's my heart for today. And that's my heart for this hour. I don't understand it all, but I'm going to praise my way through. The wind is blowing, but I can guide this rudder. And God is going to lead me into something greater than where I am right now. I'm going to praise my way in. I'm going to praise my way out. And I'm praising my way through. Let's pray today. We're going to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, we just praise you right now. Lord, I thank you, God. For people in this house that want to praise you, want to lift you up, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for worshipers, Lord. I thank you that you put a praise in my heart, a faith in my heart, God, that just boils over into a hallelujah every once in a while, a joyful noise, a shout of praise. And I believe right now, God, that you can put that down deep in our spirit, so deep that it's undisturbed by the things that come against us, that we are sure and we are our faith is secure and we can sing a hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.